Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses. I even wore on Morning America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Com and definitely check out those shows as well. Jenny Blake is the author of Free Time, Lose the Busy Work, Love Your Business. Jenny is an author and podcaster who loves helping people move from friction to flow through smarter systems powered by delightfully tiny teams. 
We talked today about her award-winning third book, Free Time. She's also the author of Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One, that won the Axiom Award for Best Business Book in the Careers category upon its release in 2016. She hosts two podcasts with over a million downloads combined, Free Time with Jenny Blake for heart-based business owners and Pivot with Jenny Blake for navigating change. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss free time, lose the busy work, love your business. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. This, it is like you wrote this book for me. You were like, <laughs> wait, is this what you, you want? Free time? What's that? That's what you want? No, this is so wonderful. It's like the ultimate guidebook for entrepreneurs. And, and it's just amazing. It's like so helpful in every way. And you know, anyway, I was just blown away by the utility of it. I went and listened to your podcast. I'm like totally a fan. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That means the world to me. And yeah, that's, that's really what I feel like that's why we go into business for ourselves. I mean, of course, sometimes there's a broader mission and purpose behind it. And also so that we have autonomy over our time. And I really see free time more as a verb and a skill. It's a muscle we build. It's something we can get better at. And so that's the spirit of this book is like, how do we all get better and better at freeing our time so we can do more of our best work? I love it. You had so many great concepts and principles and things that now help me think about my life differently. Let's see. One thing was even just recognizing that business stress is a systems problem. This was just in your introduction, but it's like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like the stress that you feel is not necessarily because you're a stressed out person. It's could something fundamentally is not particularly right with the environment you've created. So that was like really good to know business or not. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Like my motto for years was stress is a systems problem. And by the time we got to the book, I didn't want to offend anybody because there are bigger things going on in the world that sometimes it's not, an individual systems problem. It's a broader systems in society. But I think when it comes specifically to business and even running a household, oftentimes stress is a systems problem. Like if my husband and I are fighting because the house is too messy, there's a system that we can solve for. And like one of the best things I did was hire a cleaning service once a week automatically where I don't have to think about when we need a cleaner, they just come once a week. And something that simple is a system that enabled me to stop fighting with my husband about the house being too messy. It's like, so I I think sometimes solving for that household stuff is as important as the business because adulting is annoying sometimes. (laughs) A lot of stuff, a lot of friction at home and at work. And a lot of business books are written by men. And I find that they don't always include that perspective of Mm -hmm. what's happening at home because in a lot of cases, someone's taking care of it for them. Interesting. I like that. I also love this heart-based business mm. and how we're not companies these days are not just the bottom line focused, but it's so much more than that. And and what it really means to be invested fully, sort of emotionally, not just financially. Yeah, I see a heart-based business as and specifically heart-based business owner as somebody who wants what's in the highest good for all involved, for themselves, for their team members, for their clients, for their community, for their family. And sometimes I find in the business press, it's kind of this growth at all costs or creating a turn and burn culture or the business owner has all kinds of free time, but then the team members are stressed and overwhelmed and overworked and underpaid. And so the heart-based business is one that might make 
decisions in the short term that let's say impact revenue, but for the sake of something bigger. And so sometimes, yeah, sometimes it means sacrificing money or growth, but oftentimes it doesn't. And that's, that's another one of my missions in this book and in general is to break the pattern of linear thinking. Well, if I want more free time, then I'll earn less. That's not necessarily true. It might be the case that the more you engineer for free time, maybe you'll earn four times as more because as much because your systems are smarter and you free your time and you start doing even more strategic work and creative work and creative thinking. So there's no there's no linear correlation necessarily that if yeah, if we work less, we're going to earn less and that's just a habit that I I've been trying to break myself and encourage others as well. Speaking of this this free time and how it makes you more productive, I'm now forgetting what it's called. Like it's not personal time off, but what did you call it? When you're boundary time. Boundary time. Right. So when you're you're taking time off for you and you have to like put it in your calendar, free up founder time. Tell me about that. And and how often are we supposed to be doing this? And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is fits into a bigger idea of even just intentional calendar design. It's so easy to get caught in what I've lately been thinking of it as the riptide of reactive work, where I actually felt like that the other day. I felt like I'm in a riptide and it's pulling me under, like just reacting to everybody else. And sometimes our calendar can be the same way. We react to what everyone else around us needs, and then we're left with the scraps. Researchers call it time confetti, where your calendar is just a mishmash of shards of time and you, you can't quite get anything meaningful done. So freeing up founder time is, for starters, putting a block, maybe it's one hour to start or two hours, but it recurs every week and that's your time. And specifically, it's your time to work on your business or on your career on the really high level of it. What do you want? Where are you going? What do you want to say no to? Just every week, carving out that time to recalibrate and really strategize about what's most important. And so I do recommend setting it to recur every week so that it's on there. But you can be even more aggressive with calendar design, especially heading into a new year. I I look at the year ahead and I will block off from now, mid-December to mid-January, I have a do not schedule block and that recurs annually. So not only am I going to take this mid-December off, but every year my calendar is already blocked from now into infinity. And so things like that, where you can be more aggressive up front about creating do not schedule blocks, then you're kind of corralling your calls and meetings to a shorter window. Maybe just you only have calls Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe you only meet with team members on Thursdays. Maybe you only meet with clients on Tuesdays. And I know it sounds radical and it might sound impossible, but there's more than you might think that's doable within these kind of tight parameters. And then you can always make one-off exceptions as needed. I love that. Yeah. I don't know. I try to do that sometimes. You know, for a while, I was like, I'm only going to do podcasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but then that like never works. Like I make, I, I block time out in Calendly. I'm like, I'm only going to use the Calendly. I'm like, but now right. I need to change these six podcasts. Anyway, I don't know. I, know. I, I love then it, it in gets, theory. It's just, it, it like, does get work. hard. Yeah. Right. It gets hard if you you suddenly have some kind of speaking engagement or something that's going to pull you away on that day. Right. And I've had that happen yes. too, where I have oh. two shows. I do interviews on Wednesdays, but if I get invited to a keynote on a Wednesday, now I have five calls to move you know, or four. 
It's tricky, <laughs> let alone taking a week off right. where you're like, shuffling all kinds of things I'm around. Fly to LA this weekend. Oh, wait, now I have to change, you know, or I have to do a right. podcast like right. five in the morning, but it's fine. But I love the notion, the whole theory behind it. And I love how you look analytically too at the detail work. Like, are you focusing your energy even on the right things? Do you, like, are you, and you're and the whole podcast I listen to about like the low hanging watermelon and all of that, like, right. <laughs> um, you know, like just, are you, are the things you're doing things that someone else should be doing like the tedious things or the ones that just take up so much time or, you know, basically evaluating each thing as you do it because the little things add up to become really big things. Yeah. And even observing, let's say over the next two weeks, I recommend having a piece of paper at your desk. It could be a notes app on your phone, but even if I would ask you right now, what kind of work drains you the most, what energizes you the most, you might have a few off the cuff answers, but it's the nuance that comes when we observe for a few weeks with intention that all of a sudden you're in the midst of your day and you go, aha, this is something I could delegate, or this is something that drains me. This is something I don't like to do because sometimes people tell me, well, yeah, I'd love to free up my time, but I don't know who I would delegate it to or delegating is its own morass of you know, mm-hmm. energy and effort. And I don't feel like doing that. But there is a category, let's call it the low hanging watermelon of this arena, which would be the stuff that you're not even good at and you hate doing it. That's <laughs> the most ripe for delegation. And you will be absolutely thrilled if you could figure out a way to get it off your plate. And it is possible, but you don't even need to know how yet. Just observe what you would delegate if you could large and small over the next few weeks. It's so funny. I hired someone, her name's Chelsea, a while ago, maybe two years ago. And she's like, I love spreadsheets. I love them. I live in spreadsheets. I get so excited about spreadsheets. And I was like, that is the thing I like the least. So what a great team we are. You know what I mean? Like, so she, and it's, it's proven true in everything she's done. Like when you have somebody who really enjoys, like you think that if you don't like it, no one will like it, but it turns out- that's not all true. So you just find the people who get excited by that stuff. That's how I feel about my email inbox. Like I dread it so much and I have so much guilt associated with my email that I cannot imagine anybody wanting to work in my email inbox, you know? And then when I find the person that says, no, I love helping. I love help, you know, managing email. It's, it's such a dream and they're out there. It's true. They're <laughs> out there. So what else? When you, you give all this amazing advice, to entrepreneurs, to people running businesses, there is this hope, even like this very optimistic, beautiful free time. It's like, this is literally like, (laughs) I want to like put this at the end of the tunnel of like every day. Do you know what I mean? Like like this glowing beacon with the little gold flecks of sunshine and happiness (laughs) and all of that. Tell me about the joys of running businesses and like why it's so great. And then like the combination of Mm. some of the the easiest things to implement, but like, what makes it worth it? Like, what makes it worth it for you? For me, it's just questioning any narrative that anything that involves the word should, but there are a lot of best practices in the business world of how we should work, how we should build our business. Even, even the idea that we work Monday through Friday, nine to five, and it's just so ingrained in us but who does that serve? Like it has never been what's best for me personally, for my energy, for my health, for my family, that I work from Monday through Friday, nine to six, you know, these factory hours. So for starters, 
if you're someone who has time autonomy, being willing to question that. And lately, the last few weeks in a row, I've just told my friends, it's a Monday and I go, it's, I'm declaring it. It's still Sunday. It's Sunday again, because I need another <laughs> Sunday. Like I'm just not ready for the week. And even, even what you were saying, Zivi, about rescheduling a bunch of stuff. I find that by having really tight calendar parameters, at least by default, then when you do want to take a spontaneous trip, you have room to reschedule. You actually have room to move those calls and meetings into another week because you have some margin and you have some spaciousness. And I noticed myself, like when I was growing up, I was always going to all kinds of activities after school. My my calendar, even though I didn't have an app at that time, my day was jam-packed from like seven to seven of school and activities. So it was really hard for me as an adult and even as a business owner when I was no longer an employee to break that pattern. And that's what to me free time is about, is like breaking our own patterns, our own inner time blueprint of how we think we need to work in favor of something that's more life-giving. And I genuinely believe that everybody benefits. If we would work, one of the central inquiries of the book or of my life and business is how can we earn twice as much in half the time with ease and joy while serving the highest good? And so it doesn't have to be literally earned twice as much in half the time, but what if we held that as an inquiry, what would that look like? And so for me, I don't do calls after three. I go take my dog out for a walk and I spend family time and I go to dinner, um, go to bed really early. And so it's then we have more flexibility to create a life that actually works where it's not just these crash and burn burnout cycles, which is so common. And I've been through so many burnout cycles in my own career. So th- that's that's kind of the vision here. Is it like to each his or her own, you know, it's not for me to say what you should do, but to just drop the prescription of what we feel like, even, even on social media, I call it sailing the sea of shiny shoulds. Like there's so many shiny shoulds that we can impose on ourselves when we look across the fence to see what other people are doing. And I encourage everybody to just really question, is this energizing me genuinely to my core or is it something I can drop altogether? Interesting. Right, I'm totally going to do with the, is this draining or energizing me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And for your team as well. So if you work with team members, mm-hmm. I once spent an hour just having that conversation, that one question of the work you're doing with me, what do you find most energizing and what's most draining? Mm -hmm. And then I would just ask, what else, what else, what else? And we spent an hour just unpacking. And I always tell them, you can't offend me. You won't offend me. If whatever you tell me that's draining, I don't take that personally. I just, and I might not be able to take it off your plate tomorrow, but together we could solve for it. We could figure out if, if there's a way to streamline it, delegate it even to someone else, stop doing it all together. There's always a way. Because I don't want anyone on my team to be doing work that they find draining because they're probably not going to do a great job at it if it's not things that they enjoy. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I love this golden hour. Like, what's your most energetic window of the day? And then, like, how should you spend it? That's such a smart way to think about time and productivity. I mean, I know a lot of authors talk about this because they feel most productive and creative, particularly novelists, I found, when they first wake up in the morning. Right, like get up and just go right in it when you're sort of in a dream state or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> that is not necessarily when I would be I know. writing a novel. I like tried it once. I knocked over a class and <laughs> broke it. I was like, oh my gosh, no, not for me. I know. Um, I almost lit the house on fire when I was up too early once. <laughs> yes, I sat with your pile of book. papers yeah. and everything. So tell me, yeah, just tell me about that. Does, should everybody just go through and think like, what, like when is my most, when I'm in the zone type of timing and like, what should I be doing at that time of day? I mean, it's so simple, but so smart. (laughs) So golden hour is when that's the period just before sunrise or just before around sunset when people are like bathed in golden light and photographers shoot at that time often. And it's to our own circadian rhythms, exactly as you said, Zibby. It's like, when are you most energetic? And McKinsey research shows that executives are five times more productive when they're in a flow state than when they're not. That's kind of, to me, stating the obvious. Like we all know when we're at our creative and energetic best, we can get 10 times as much done as when we're in the lull in the afternoon. When one of my clients said to me, I don't even know my own name. (laughs) And so the idea is not letting anyone else have that time. So don't allocate it to email or meetings or calls, carve it out. And that's a good place for those founder time blocks, which is when you're at your best so that you can just, you can get all your work done for the day practically if it's in that window instead of getting drained by emails and calls to the, and then somehow you're left with the scraps for your own energy. And and it's just not, I find it almost impossible. You do creative work too. It's almost impossible to do creative things. Once you're zapped for the day. True. Even when's your best window? When do you feel the most energized? My worst window for sure. I I was like you, I used to stop. I say used to, because I'm still kind of clinging onto it by one dangling little thread, but I wouldn't schedule anything after three until again, around six when I would do like a book event or whatever. So I could pick up my kids at school and be with them and just like do busy work or whatever. Nothing. I had to interact with somebody else or whatever. If the kids wanted to go for ice cream, I could just go for ice cream or whatever. So I think I've been doing that for so long that now occasionally I'm like, oh gosh, I really do need this meeting. So I'm just going to make time for it like this one day. But even when I sit at like four and I try, it's, it's just my worst time. It's my, it's my worst time. I hear and, you. and then sometimes I'm like, 
is this how most people feel all the time? <laughs> right. Right? Because then they would never get anything done. And I'm like, maybe that's why people look at me and they're like, how are you so productive? And I'm like, because I don't usually feel like this. Usually I'm like, I'm going so fast. So Right. I also had a friend point out that as a, so when you're self-employed, your time is a premium and you want to have as fewer, you know, as little meetings on the calendar as possible. In most cases, I guess, unless you're a super extrovert and you just love meeting with people. But then for people who work in companies, they ha- they have to be at work all day. So sometimes when when like those of us on the outside consultants are working with companies, they'll suggest, well, let's have a weekly sync leading up to the event. And that's no skin off their back because they have to fill their time anyway. They're going to be in meetings anyway. So they're more apt to suggest meetings and calls. Whereas those of us where we work for ourselves, the goal is the opposite. You know, the incentive is the opposite, as few meetings as possible. So even just noticing that has helped has helped me set more boundaries and parameters for even client work. Like if I do a speaking engagement, it comes with one pre-event strategy session. Or if I'm going to do a free event, there's no call in advance. I'll come on to the event half an hour early for in that same time in block. Same way. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to do some like pre event calls. I'm not doing free calls. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm like, no way. I'm like, I can handle it, whatever it is. Yeah. That's why I think it's show. amazing when podcasters require a pre call. And I I get why they do that. But I'm thinking, how on earth? That means you're doing double the yeah. amount of work. <laughs> yeah. There's no yeah. way. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I love also your um, always be listening chapter. Systematize listening to your community mm-hmm. by building listening moments into all that you do. Regularly review the feedback to help determine product improvements and what to build next. Very smart. Yeah. That's oh. in, with your team and and with the consumers of whatever you're doing, right? Like how, yeah. how is this going? What do you think? And all of this is about again, coming back to systems, like what can you build once that Mm -hmm. you don't even have to think about again, but it builds in a listening mechanism. So a very straightforward example, both of us probably have newsletters. In the newsletter, once someone new signs up, the second one can say, here's a quick survey. I'd love to hear what's on your mind. What's interesting to you or what's the biggest challenge that I can be most helpful with? And or in your case, Sivia, I know you just launched the magazine. Like what types of books are you most interested in? What types of author events would you be most interested in? And so that survey then continues to work for you every single time a new person joins and they fill it out. And then you have all this data that you can turn to. Maybe you don't even, you could review it regularly, but just when you are in a planning session for the next quarter or the next year, it's already there. It's already captured. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I should do a survey. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're, we're going through our strategy for Zibby Mag content for 2023. But then I was like, maybe we should just do a poll. Like, let's right, do a poll. Right. And do a poll as a one off and then yeah. and then build it into a welcome yeah. series. And yeah, welcome series. Like yeah. And, and like, you know, you can incentivize, but I don't even think you need to. I think people are generally happy to fill things out, but it could even say like, you know, every quarter we give away a book or a signed book or signed copies of something. Yeah. That's just a way to... When I first started my newsletter, like a couple of years ago, but this was like 10 iterations of the newsletter ago. The newsletter is like the bane of my existence. But anyway. I know. They're like never ending, right? It's never ending. <laughs> always changing. Never yes. like doing what I wanted to do. <laughs> I hear you. But I used to, in the beginning, say that I would give personalized book recommendations if you filled out if you if you signed up for the newsletter, which actually 
gave That's me amazing. the most amazing feedback ever. And I should probably go back to doing this because I really was doing personalized book recommendations for everybody. And I asked them all these questions like, what have, what are some books you've read lately? What are you in the mood I for? What do you not like? What did I learned so much about reading habits from those answers, which I still have somewhere. I should really dig them wow. up. And that, in fact, that's why I started offering a lot more thrillers. I started covering a lot more thrillers wow. on my podcast because I don't read thr- thrillers myself, but like everybody wanted to read thrillers. And said that was, and I was like, okay, so now I include thrillers, you know? (laughs) I could even see you having people fill that out, let's say when they join the newsletter, and then you randomly pick one and you could even do a little podcast spot where you, at the end of a show or as an interstitial, like an in-between episode where you pick one. And so people know if they fill it out, they have a chance of getting your book recs, even if it's not always a one-to-one ratio. I think that is so cool. Maybe I'll do something with that. Yeah, that'd be I'll, add fun. It, I'll add it to the to the list. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, up where I can even find my list is where I am today. Okay. I know. I hear uh, you. Anyway, what do you do when you get like totally stressed? Like I know you talked about this one of having these like I want to burn my whole company down moments. Yes. <laughs> what What are your coping non work related coping mechanisms? Like, what's your most embarrassing? Oh, like, my most embarrassing. Or I don't know. Or just like your, you know, the most. Just like, what do you do emotionally? I just hit these moments and I'm, I actually had one, kind of got a cold yesterday where I just call it being glued to the couch. I can't move. I can't even look at my laptop. I can't do anything. I can barely even communicate to my team that I'm going to be offline today or this week. It's like when those hit, they hit so hard for me. And I just need to give myself permission to, to take the break. Mm-hmm. But the break often lasts, like what I need is often three times longer than what my mind tells me I should do. You know, like yep. my mind will go, okay, but you're going to get back at it tomorrow. Right. But then my body's maybe still saying absolutely not any more time. Yep. And I've just noticed that's kind of how I am. I mean, some people are really able to work so diligently, so consistently. Like I know none of us are machines, but they're almost able to work like a machine and they don't even need as much sleep. And I've just never been that way. I really go through ebbs and flows. So when I, I also call it the furry rest monster. Like I picture it as that blue fluffy monster from uh, Monsters Inc. And I just imagine that the furry rest monster comes out of the couch and like glues me to it. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm in one of those weeks right now. And I just have to let it happen. And I, I've tried over time to drop the guilt around it and trust that if I rest enough, like I'll get back at it. Nothing is urgent. Nothing is going to catch fire. I mean, it's just so rare in my business that something so catastrophic is going to happen if I don't open my laptop or check my email for a day, even a week, probably nothing would fall apart. And this is where having at least a tiny team and some systems is helpful because it's nice knowing that there is some buffer for days like that. And I can delegate things to my team. But um, so we try to catch the really important things. But I just also remind myself like nothing, nothing is so urgent in my business that anyone's really going to care. How about you, Zibby? I'm curious what your strategies are. Oh, when I get stressed, I just, yes. cry. I cry. I know. I cry. I eat. I, I don't know. Yeah. But the thing is, even when I'm my most annoyed or my most overwhelmed, what I want to do is read. So yeah. it's like, I, I, so then I just go right back to what I do. I mean, I love what I do. It's yeah, just sometimes it gets, too much. it's, it's just overwhelming. And so, but I, I don't know, I don't mind being overwhelmed, I guess a lot of the time, but yeah, um, sometimes it just and hits that breaking point where it's too much. 
Right. And it's not, it's not that the reading itself is too much, but there's all the kind of infrastructure around it and the deadlines and projects and pings from team members. And I just can so relate to that. Or if like anyone else gets upset for any reason, then I'm like, then I, I, yeah, it looks the emotional. Yeah, yeah the emotional. It's whole or roller coaster completely. Yeah. So, what's your advice on finding free time, not just for people running businesses, but the average totally stressed, busy person? Yeah. How can everybody listening find a little free time for them to remember who they are? What's the secret? Well, I love love what you appended to the question to remember who they are. That's beautiful. The there's an agile development quote. Each time you repeat a task, take one step toward automating it. I love that. I kind of live by that. Another way to think about it is what small steps can you take today that will free your time far into the future? So for anybody listening or watching, just hold that as an inquiry. What small steps could I take today? Because if you can just step back on your life a little bit, and an example I give often is putting a household product on subscription, like Mm -hmm. paper towels. If you just put it on a subscription at the cadence when you last ordered and, okay, now they're going to arrive every four months, you never have to think of it again. It's not like we got more efficient at ordering paper towels. It's that you never have to think about it again unless you're going to like move out of your house for six months. So things like that, just looking for little things you can do, the example I mentioned, and the way to, the way to discover these opportunities is by noticing what frustrates you. Mm-hmm. Where is there friction at home with your errands, mm-hmm. anywhere that there's friction and, and you're annoyed or frustrated, that's the perfect place to look is like, okay, I just found this frustration area. I'm sick of dealing with this, or I'm sick of repeating myself. I'm tired of the, how annoying this thing is to do. Mm-hmm. That's where we're all so resourceful and creative. If you just take a couple minutes, think, how can I design a better process here and guarantee you will find some breakthroughs in areas large and small and the small ones add up. So, oh my gosh, I say start there. I am taking this so to heart. You have no idea. Mm. Thank you. Really. Thank you so honestly. much. <laughs> thank I'm you so for glad. your book. Thank you for the help. Thank anyway, you. I really uh, got so much out of it. So I'm so thank grateful you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> well, that means the world. Thank you, Zippy. Thank you for having me. And I am just so grateful that we cost paths this year IRL and now for the show. So yes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> thank right. you. Okay. All right. Bye, Jenny. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.